0: Oh yeah, God, I love it when I nail those claps. Dude, you're getting really good at those. I know I say it every week, but like
1: Fuck yeah. All right, man. Well, what do you guys say? Do you wanna you wanna make a podcast? Let's fire it up. Wow. Episode 66, Gearbuds Podcast coming coming at you not live, coming at you <laughs> recorded distanced and virtually hanging out together and we have a super fucking cool guest this week coming coming at you with us his name is nathan graham what's up dude what's up how's it going excellent dude so good thank you thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us we're gonna we're going to talk all sorts of cool stuff with you later and dig into everything that you do musically and reverbedly and all that awesome stuff. But, um, for that, we always, we've got some segments that we like to get into. So let's just dive right into the symphony of corrections here. Sure. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Uh, Nathan, if you don't know already tone tubes are cables now, that's just, that's just what, what they're called. And also <laughs> if you were here with us, this is where I would be gifting you one for yourself to use, uh, using and to, to tone tube your life. So you've got that coming to you in the future. Once we can start hanging out again, all that kind of shit. Oh, awesome. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners far and wide. Um, you know, we do this because you like to to hang out with us and talk to us and stuff. So thank you so much for for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Gearbuds Podcast, Facebook. Dave, as always, dude, killing it with the Facebook content. It, despite Facebook being just sort of like a horrible hellscape right yeah. now, i i <laughs> like go, I like going and opening it to see what you post for us because you're you're just you're you're killing it. With I, the content, t- I try buddy. to post
0: the happy stuff that people want to see. So if if you guys are bummed out on Facebook, swing over to the Gearbuds uh, page and uh, come check out our content.
1: We got some good stuff. Yeah. We've got some we've got some good good memes all that kind of <laughs> stuff for the for the for the folks. Uh, subscribe uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google. Uh, I updated the uh, GearBudsPodcast.com website with more free stuff. Uh, this time, this is actually pretty cool. It's a uh, it's for iOS. It's this guy Roman Fisher made it called. Uh, Hypertron. It's um it's like a beatmaker sampler kind of thing. Almost sort of like an MPC interface, but it's free oh, cool. uh, and it works really well. And you can you know load all your samples in there do how you would normally with uh, any order any old sort of sampler. But uh, check it out on GearBudsPodcast.com. Uh We're gonna get into what I think has sort of become like a a running sub segment of the <laughs> symphony, which is which I'm currently calling bad fucking ideas. I like it. And uh, <laughs> this week in bad fucking ideas, I would like to talk about the uh, upcoming festival. Uh, at Sturgis that's happening uh where Smash Mouth Trapped and Buck Cherry are all playing
2: oh wow yeah I heard about this yep
1: yeah so uh if, for those who don't know Sturgis is a it's a uh, annual motorcycle rally in Sturgis South Dakota yeah. um you know the the fact that it, that even in itself is still happening yeah. is, is terribly alarming uh I know that South Dakota's numbers in general haven't been so bad with COVID they're about but, to get uh, worse yeah, everybody from all across the country is yeah. about to drive into that place, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a motorcycle guy too, so I- I've been to Sturgis a couple times, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, you'll meet people from, you know, Chicago. You'll meet people from California. You meet people from New York. Like, I mean, it's bikers from literally all over the country. Sometimes even from different countries. Like, I've met a lot of Japanese bikers that go to Sturgis every once in a while. So wow. it's like there, cool. you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah Dude, well, so idea. then you know
1: better than we do yeah like the yeah i mean they the what they're saying is that uh in order to i think in order to enter the music part of it you have to have a mask but they're not making anybody wear it and they're also going to be encouraging distance but not enforcing anything right. Right. um so, like, I don't know. I mean, you've seen... You, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen sort of the, what the music sort of setup is like at this thing. What do... I mean, I, is this a bad fucking idea? Is it is it properly named for this segment? I,
2: I Yeah, I think anything that has, you know, a festival uh, where you have that many people, I think it's a bad idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially now because, you know, it's like... I, I'll be honest. I love, I love Sturgis. I love my biker community. But a lot of them are... Um, a so, so lack of a better word, very unsafe. Um, mm. yeah. I have definitely been made fun of for wearing a helmet uh, and right. wearing armor. All right. So uh, you know, it is definitely yes. a thing where you know, you know, a couple of those like a lot of the old school bikers, you know, like the, you know, they're very very. Oh, I've been riding for twenty five years, and you know they yep. don't they don't care about stuff like that. So you know the fact that they're still having it it definitely sends the. i feel like it sends the wrong message to people saying like hey this is totally fine we're all out of out of the clear and it's like we're on the clear and i'm just like "Eh, no you're not in the clear yet (laughs) nope sure (laughs) not dude i think that's
1: that's the perfect analogy too when you think about it because the helmet thing you know you say oh i've been riding for 25 years it's it it doesn't matter how experienced you are because at any moment someone else can can take your life yeah and and the same thing is sort of with a mask we're supposed to wear them right now to protect others not really to protect yourself right so it's right. It, I think that yeah That. that is kind of the, the, the a great analog and I mean let's be honest like do you really want to risk your life for fucking all star by smash mouth because you know <laughs> that's what you're gonna that's what you're going for dude you know they're I gonna mean, play it like at what? least two times
2: that's the thing I think people are so starved for any anything normal they'll do it they'll go do it you know it's like yep. it, you know yeah. whether it's something that's amazing or something that's kind of like eh, I don't know if I really care about it but it's like I haven't been out in 4 months and I haven't been like around people I think people are really craving that social aspect of it so Sure I, and know, that's
1: normal I feel that Yeah
2: but I mean I'm not really Yeah
1: do to- well actually you, um, you, I, and, and, and you, it's, I, we've, we've talked about this a lot every week and mm-hmm. I feel like that there is still a way to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. from what I saw, I, I wasn't there, but I know Nathan, you played a sort of a, what, in my opinion, is a way to do it. Right. This sort of like socially distanced show recently. Didn't you?
2: I did. Yeah. I played with, uh, uh, Joe Shadid or Joe George, uh, I believe it's, is the stage name. Oh yeah. By. Shout him. out to Joe. Um, big, man. big fan, big, good friend. Um, yeah, I played with him and, and it was for the Bucktown, uh, what is it? Commerce, Bucktown commerce center. I'm not, I'm yeah, the I'm, chamber of commerce, yeah, chamber of commerce. There you go, man, this Biff that one. <laughs> um, no, but it was, it was right behind there, but right behind the, the, uh, library, uh, there on, on Milwaukee. And yeah, it, I, yeah, I think that was the best way to do it. We were all like, everybody was super far back. They, you know, pretty much everybody kept to their own square in a sense, you know, it's like, so everybody was very mm-hmm. spread out. Um, and I think that was the right how way to did, do it. What
1: was the sort of like? Um, I, I'm curious from the artist side of things. Like, what was what was that? Where how how what was that experience? Like, you know, obviously, usually the it's different because you're playing outside, but usually there's sort of like a green room and an area. How did how did they handle just the the sort of production aspect of things interacting with front of house and that sort of that sort of I mean, setup?
2: We were front of house. I mean, it was you know we went back to sort of Iron Man football in a way. You know, it's like we were, you know, we were front of house, we were the the artists and, you know, we were teardown. So, you know, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we kept, we all kept pretty, you know, far apart and like, you know, kept our masks on when, you know, when we, um, you know, when we did like get really close to each other. Mm -hmm. um we brought our own microphones i mean i've i've been breaking my honestly i've been bringing my own microphone for years um yeah Yeah, because it's been gross (laughs) anyway in any venue or anything like that and they hand you a microphone and you sit there and it's got Uh, like caked in lipstick and just grossness uh, like beard hairs and shit (laughs) yeah that was once i saw that that was the last time i used i used a a house microphone (laughs) um i even asked for a glass of uh Like a pint glass of vodka, so I could like put the 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 head of the microphone in that, so I could like kind of (laughs) sterilize it. Brilliant! It was (laughs) it was pretty bad, and and after that, I was like, you know what? I'm bringing my own microphone. They're not that expensive. I can I can do that. I can. That's just one more thing I can just put in the pack. Hell
1: yeah! Well, before we leave that real quick, what's your what's your preferred uh, live vocal mic? Do you have a a major preference on that? You know,
2: I I um I mean, you know, the standard, the SM was it the 57 or the 58. That's the, yeah. the standard microphone. Yeah, same
1: same mic, just different different little uh, grill screen yeah. on the okay. top there.
2: Um, yeah, like that one. I just got one. Actually, just one one uh, from Recording King, and it's like a, a Nady eighty microphone. I can't remember the name of it, but I really like. I've been really liking that one. It's sort of like looks like the the Elvis microphone, you know, like the old RCE. Oh, RC nice. Eight, you know? right yeah, That's SM55. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like that. It's a fifty-eight, but with that casing over it. So it's. That, that's cool. been kind of cool, and I've been using that uh, for uh, live shows. I will use that for the. Um, I actually use that for the show that we did out in the in the park there.
1: Those thing, I mean, they just look so fucking rad. They look I really. Mean, cool. I, yeah. I can't. I do not think there is a cooler looking microphone than that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think they're great. Like, they, I mean, especially aesthetic wise, like this. That's just you can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, one last thing about that that show. I, I'm curious, just sort of what the. You know how did the how did the crowd respond and react could you tell that they were just like sort of speaking of what we we're talking about were they that starved for music that they were just like dying oh, yeah. to see what you had
2: to put out yeah definitely i mean like my my mother came out for that show um and she's like she, she loves music festivals she loves summer festivals i mean she'll go to if uh taste of chicago right she'll go to taste of chicago okay. every day She goes for every artist does not matter. Wow, She's going to see it like she goes for the first night because that's usually like R&B night. And then for the rest of that, it's like she goes for every artist. She does not care what they you know, if she's never heard of them before, has heard of them before. She just wants to be out there in that crowd. So she got there and she was like kind of she started getting a little emotional um, because she was just like, I thought I I wasn't going to get to go to a music festival and I'm here and this is great and i think that that's how the the how a lot of people felt it was i'm at a music festival finally even if even though it's a small music yep. festival i'm still out here there's people we're in the you know we're outdoors this is great so I, and it definitely yeah, showed yeah it's that
1: transference of energy
2: yeah it definitely showed on the audience's face like they were really excited just to it's you know it was safe it was cool and you know it's like everybody you know, a lot of those people actually kind of knew each other because it was a lot of people that had been to the Red Room. I don't know if you guys have been there, uh, JoJo. Oh yeah, for venue. sure. Venue, but there was a lot of people that went to the Red Room, so we all had like a shared. Um, we all kind of had a shared idea of like what we should be doing to keep each other safe, and yeah. it wasn't you know not you know nobody. Everyone was in it together. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all knew exactly what we were supposed to do, and you know mm-hmm. kept everybody's boundaries in check and things like that. So that was good
1: beautiful man thanks for thanks for doing that and walking us through that i mean it it gives me and and dave i know and and our listeners just so much hope to hear shit like that because i miss playing in fact i i was supposed to play red room that you know in the beginning of march and that we had to cancel that shit like it's it's uh it's a it's a bummer for for that but it's great to know that there are sort of ways to do it in a more stripped down diy fashion that Um, are that is still safe and not you know putting anybody at undue risk exactly yeah um but but yeah, I mean, to that end, obviously, you know, we're talking about being our own front of house right now, front of house workers and all those, all the production people, all the touring staff, all those types of folks are out of work right now. So we've talked about it a lot, but if you haven't yet, please go to saveourstages.com. There's a lot of great resources there in terms of, uh, if you are able to donate, if you're, if you have the means by which to do that, you can do it. If not, um, you can donate your time by make, they make it really easy to reach out to your local congress people uh, to. Uh, enact legislation to support these folks that need it right now. Um, and, and you can also use your spheres of influence, just, you know, your social media, the people that you know, uh, let them know what's going on and, and go, 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 go make a difference if you can. So yeah, that takes us through Symphony of Corrections. Uh, we're going to kick it to my favorite uh, segment every week, Dave's Docs. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. Uh, <laughs> I got a, I got really excited uh, this week. Um, I found a great doc on the band. You guys know the band, of course, Oh, sure. Robbie Robertson yeah. and the band. Um man, so there's a there's a movie that came out in 2019 called Once We're Brothers, uh, Robbie Robertson in the band I guess is the name of the movie, and um it's a Martin Scorsese flick. Um, he, you know he's done a lot of uh, music documentaries in the past. He's worked with you know a lot of Bob Dylan stuff. Um, you know for people hey, did that. What was, this, what was Shine a Light? Was that the he did, one yeah he, he did Shine a Light, and I want to say he did the Rolling Thunder one too. I think
1: yeah Rolling Thunder review. Totally. Yeah Rolling Thunder review. And, that was
2: um, uh, so, Bob Dylan right? Yep.
0: One? Yeah yeah, yeah okay, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so this was a cool one, man. I, you know, I knew the story about how they became like Bob Dylan's backing band. Um, if people don't know, like Robbie Robertson started playing guitar when he was like nine years old or something, moved down to the South when he was like 15 and was just like, he, he actually changed the way that people were looking at rock and roll guitar at the time. And he really, he really developed his own style that people were trying to emulate. They were like, you know, did he cut a hole in his speakers? Like, how does he get that sound? You know, and he's doing it all with his hands basically. And so people tried to emulate that style. Well, he ends up taking a few of the guys he was playing with. They form what is what becomes the band. Um, Bob Dylan hears it through, like, a producer friend of theirs and is basically like, I'm going to go electric. I want to get these guys uh, to be my backing band, basically. Because, you know, at, up until that point, he was only acoustic, only doing folk music. And so they were basically like, all right, let's go on this tour. You know, and then it's Bob Dylan. So, of course, they're already playing, like, amphitheaters and shit, right? And what's fascinating is I don't I don't know if you guys know this this is like 1966 when he does when he starts doing electric. Yeah, Newport, man. Everybody hates it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like people people go they're buying tickets, man. They're selling out these shows just so people can go there and boo the band. So they're like, it's the weirdest thing because we're up there on stage. It's a packed house. Everybody's there to see Dylan. And he, he starts playing electric guitar and they just they boo through the whole concert and then he would do that night after night after night after night then they go to England or they go to you know Europe and England and they're over there and they, the same fucking thing happens so you know it's just this this crazy dichotomy of like why are people buying tickets to these shows only to come here and basically boo our band you know try to boo us off the stage essentially. Um, So that was fascinating and then you know, they end up leaving moving to Woodstock New York in the late 60s And that's where the band kind of forms, you know, Robbie Robertson And um, I mean all those guys were together, but that's when they start writing together, you know, and not playing Bob songs anymore Um, You know Levon Helm, one of the greatest drummers man Amazing and singers amazing voice man. I mean just to watch him sing and play I mean if anybody's ever played drums and tried to sing at the same time. It's gotta be one of the hardest things to do Um, so Great movie. It goes through kind of their whole career, and then obviously, you know, they cap it off with the uh, the last waltz, which is another kind of semi-documentary about the band, mm-hmm. about their final right. performance and everything. You know, they had some drug problems in the band. That's kind of ultimately what what ended breaking them. You know, breaking them apart. Um, I, I have a little bit of a mixed feeling on it because I, I think I was texting you and I was like, this is like one of the best docs I've ever seen, and then afterwards I kind of just wanted to refresh myself, so I you know I googled it, kind of read a couple
1: reviews. And there's a lot of people that were like, Well, this was like Robbie Robertson's movie. Dude, that's- I was waiting for you to get there because yeah, that's the that's the most fascinating part about all this, yeah. is like how how how, how super one sided and slanted yeah. and pro Robbie Robertson. When it turns out he was like kind of a huge prick.
2: Yeah, they were kinda yeah, exactly. yeah, kind of like- that was the that was the problem that I had with that too.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And and you know, I I watched it from a totally like unbiased perspective because I was just like just tell me the story of this band, you know. Right. Yeah. And of course, with Robbie, you know, he's doing 90% of the interview, you know, through the movie, kind of telling the story and he's he's very animated and kind of fun to watch. Um and and then you start to read, you know, reviews and people were like, dude, he didn't write like any of that music, you know, and all <laughs> this shit. They were like Levon Helm was like really the heart and soul of that band and he kind of shits on him, you know, um not really. I mean, it's it's a tribute to him at the end. But people were saying like he didn't cast him in a very good light. They kind of made him, you know, the big heroin addict and everything, and he tore the band mm-hmm. apart and stuff. And but um, fuck, man. I mean, the band was amazing, dude. I, I think they were ultimately could have been arguably five of the best individual players playing together on one stage or one studio at the same time.
1: You know? Yeah. Wow. Bold proclamations. You know yeah, what? Man. I, yeah, you so. know,
2: there's this band uh, called the Texas Gentlemen. Have you guys ever heard of them? No. no I haven't. Um, okay. So the Texas Gentlemen, uh, they were. Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Lucas Nelson. Lucas Nelson's back in band. And they have the exact same energy as the band. I mean, I'm talking about oh, wow. even like the higher... You know, like when you hear him do uh, uh, I Shall Be Released and you hear that like high voice. I mean, they even have yeah. that. If you guys haven't wow. heard of uh, Texas Gentleman, Tex- they have a, another album that just came out uh, re- very recently. But they have Texas Jelly and then the, the new album that came out. And they five again five guys kind of feels like the band. It's mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like now I'm kind of getting my fix that I love from the band, you know. Because I'm trying to listen to new music because there's there's so yeah, much about me too. like yeah, me too. classic rock and stuff like that, and I'm just like, I, you know, it's like I like classic rock, but it's like we've we've listened to that a lot, and there's there's people still making good music out here, so I just want to, yeah, I want to support them too and get them because I feel like that's a problem with like. Especially like the guitar guys and and gear guys and and guys who are in like Americana, like I am, or or blues mm-hmm. or rock and stuff like that. We we kind of sit with the nostalgia, and we don't listen yeah. to anything new, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, and so we have to, you know. So every time I hear some about somebody new, I'm just like, all right, let me go, let me go support, let me go check them out. But the Texas gentlemen, man, they're they're and they're all from different parts of Texas, like Austin or Dallas, Fort Worth, or deep LM things like that you know they're all from different no spots shit. so yeah
0: that's cool man and like the cool dynamic of that is you don't hear about a lot of bands that backed up a guy and then went and like did their own thing you know so that really makes them pretty unique in, in this time period I would say yeah
2: I mean there's even like um the Free Nationals I don't know if you guys heard of them either but uh no. the drummer the drummer and singer Anderson Pock that's his backing band and then oh, he just came out with yeah, an album yeah and cool. it's sort of like hip hop version of the band you know so it's like <laughs> right. They're again five guys they they're amazing amazing instrumentalists yeah. and they write songs and they sing sometimes and they also yeah, yeah, switch instruments well. sometimes yeah
1: oh, i love that shit man yeah you just man thanks thanks for the recommendation yeah, i'm, I'm check super that out. stoked that we got some new stuff to check out beautiful man um, yeah, Dave, so. I gotta ask finally what's your uh, what's your totally arbitrary uh, based on no real scale documentary well, ra- uh,
0: ranking? I would say this. I, I wanna keep it keep it real because I wanna I wanna grade it based on how I felt about it before I read other people's opinions about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanna give it a five five out of five band members for sure. I'm just gonna give it a five
2: <laughs> out of five. Oh no. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought it was that I thought it was that well done, man. And, and you know, I wanted to say something else. Shout out to Magnolia Productions, man. They, d- they did Sound City. They've done a bunch of these music documentaries I've watched. I honestly think they're the best production company or I don't know what they put into these things. But every time I know it's a Magnolia movie, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. So
1: sick dog. Yep. Well, that's Dave's docs. There you let's, go. Uh, let's keep moving. I'm going to jump into Riff Library. Uh, I guess I mean this is this is definitely newer music than what you were talking about, but it's not new. We're going to take it back to 2010 for uh, to talk about one of my favorite records of all time, and that is Flying Lotus's Cosmogramma. Uh, 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 Flying Lotus, aka his real name Steve Ellison, sometimes known as Captain Murphy, that's sort of his like MC alter ego. Uh, this was his third full length uh, record that came out. Uh, If you've never listened to Flying Lotus, anybody listening, it's this sort of like future jazz uh, crazy beat music with yeah. all sorts of samples and crazy synth influence going on but the thing I really like about this one well there's a lot of things I really like about this one first of all Thundercats all over the record was just I like love if not if not the best <laughs> one of the best bass players of all time yeah. just like the bass motherfuckers that exist yeah. and then there's a few tracks that are co-written with Tom York who you know radio has just like my favorite band of all time so that's super cool um, really good songs on there uh, a little bit of history he if, I'm sure I'm sure you guys maybe. be know this already but uh flying lotus is the great nephew of alice coltrane who's john coltrane's wife so has a pretty fucking serious bloodline there yeah um he does the the record itself there's a lot of you know it is sort of like chopped and screwed sample based music a lot of ways but there's still a ton of live instrumentation there's like harp and a bunch of sax and sort of stuff um if you like you know yagi yazist or or jay dilla or anything really on warp records definitely give this record a listen some seriously some of the most intense incredible drum production you'll ever hear like if you like the tone of drums just listen to this record i mean there's there's it's it's unbelievable i still i really have no idea how he got some of these these sounds but um i could talk about this record forever it's the it's a double vinyl i think it's like 17 tracks um so much cool shit in there i mean this was a huge record when it came out it was super hyped up and it's one of those super hyped records that actually kind of i in my opinion lived up to sure. to what was mm-hmm. what was being said so love that shit go check it out hell yeah man oh yeah Woo! making it making it through yeah. let's uh let's keep it moving here that's enough from us i think it's time to to get into this little segment called a couple two tree randos and this is where nathan we just ask you a couple two tree rando questions to get to know a little bit more about you okay. uh if you could swap places with any band member any band past or present despite your skill level or theirs who would it be and why oh man
2: um mm. I'd probably say David Hidalgo of Los Lobos. Um, Ooh, yeah. interesting. So I, I have loved that band for a very long time. Uh, there's that song that they did called "The Neighborhood," and I thought that's that's probably one of the coolest, uh, probably one of the coolest rock songs on the planet. Like, cause it's just like it just feels like a Cadillac. Like you're just driving it. <laughs> and it's moving and pushing <laughs> like it's just that that's one of the coolest songs ever and i wish i'd wrote that song and i know david hidalgo like oh, wrote all yeah. of it and uh but yeah i would i would probably do that but see then then i wouldn't get to play with david hidalgo so i'd be really right I'd be really sad um <laughs> but yeah probably it, w- it would be that one
1: you could just be like the fourth
2: member of los lobos though. yeah you can yeah. join well i think there's like seven guys in that <laughs> oh you could be the eighth <laughs> they, they, member they've, they've added logos. a lot of people uh I, I got to open for them actually in the, about two no or way. three years ago three years ago at city winery and they were really really cool guys and i don't think i've ever drank that much tequila and beer in my entire life <laughs> um yeah so that was that was a little rough
1: dude that's excellent answer love that love this love the story too to go with it
2: all right uh what was your first concert uh, oh man, uh, and this is embarrassing, but it was in sync.
1: Nice. No way, that's wow. badass, man! I want to know more about that. What tour was it? What record yeah. were they on? Where'd you uh, see it? It was
2: the No Strings Attached tour. That was the first CD that I ever bought with my own money. Um, they played at uh, what was it? The Rosemont Rosemont Theater. The, sure. the Rose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they played there, and I, I begged my parents to let me go. Uh, they let me go, and my aunt took me. My aunt uh, Cecilia, she took me to the show because she liked NSYNC Sync nice. as well. She's a huge music. Most of my, all of my family are huge music fans, so wasn't That's too cool. weird when I got into music. But uh, yeah, that was that was my first concert, and I <laughs> sometimes I'll tell people because my uh, very quickly after that I actually did go see Carlos Santana and uh, Jeff Beck, and and they played together. Oh wow. Um, but I like wow. to say that's that, that quite, was my, quite a difference. Yeah, there. I like to say that was my first concert. But it's like if I'm being truthful, <laughs> it was in sync.
1: And <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that, man. Awesome. Yeah. Do respect. I I stole my sister's CD of No Strings Attached when I was when we were that shit was it's such we a old, good like, album that came out.
0: I think I went yeah. with I think I went with my girlfriend at the time to Walmart at like midnight when they you know they released it or whatever, and we waited in line and got it. So I think we're all on the same page with that. <laughs> one.
2: Do you know Walmart? Uh, they still have their own uh like censorship rules so if you so i I figured this out when my mom like brought me to to buy cds from them because i i remember i got 50 cent get rich or die trying I got that from yeah. Walmart and I was trying to figure out, like, why does this sound so weird? And then I found no. out that, <laughs> it was, that Walmart has their censorship rules where it's like any album that they get has to be censored, like all the radio edits. Yep. Like radio um, edits. Wow. And, and, then and they I, don't I, do the
0: release with the actual sticker on it or whatever. They just, they exactly. just It's it, it doesn't like, wow, It doesn't have weird. the
2: warning or, you know, whatever or anything like that. So then I went and got it from Borders. uh because you know, Borders used to have New Music Tuesdays where the album yeah. was ten bucks as opposed to twenty five at the time. Um, all right, I'm showing sure my age. I'm, I I just turned. Well, Damn, I, those were the days, right everyone. there. Shit. But yeah, it's just.
1: Oh well, you're the youngest one here, man. Yeah, so yeah, uh, sure. that's all good. <laughs> yeah, it was just like uh,
2: I figured out that my mom was doing. it. I was like, son of a bitch, she's like taking me to the places where they don't allow cussing. I was like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, Dave, I've never asked you this one. What, what was your first concert, man? Um, I saw Smashing
0: Pumpkins at Rosemont Horizon, and Veruca Salt opened for them, I think, I believe.
1: Might be Damn, starting startin strong, It was there.
0: the, uh, what was the record with like Bullet with Butterfly Wings and all that? Um, oh, Melancholy? Melancholy. That was the, yeah, that was the record they were tu- touring for. I think I was 1996, like- 1996, I believe? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like 14, so oh. I was a little older when I uh, went to my first, first concert ever. First time I ever smelled marijuana, too. Like I didn't know what it was. And my buddy's like, dude, that's pot. And I actually hated the smell of it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, how things have changed. Yes, how they have.
2: <laughs> oh, man. See, that's the thing. I knew I was going to like pot because the first time I smelled it, I was like, what is that beautiful smell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a little younger, man. That was probably better pot because the shit that they were smoking in 1996 was nowhere near what they have these days.
2: Yeah, it's probably like the the brick packed. Yeah, the brick It had like days. dirt in it. All stems and seeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, like, some. sometimes oh, it was just man. mulch.
1: Yeah, like no. half
2: of it was just, like, actually grass.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, sure oh. Good shit, good shit. All right, uh, do you do an impression or accent?
2: Impression or accent? I don't. You know what? I used to, uh, every once in a while, I would, like, make fun of John Mayer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can, and you, then, can you enlighten and then, us? Uh, and then, oddly enough... Um, <laughs> yeah I used to make fun of John Mayer cause you know I, I love I love him you know it's like he's one of the reasons why I play guitar and yeah, uh, but it was like I would make fun of him all the time and then I, I was like starting to like learn how to sing because of making fun of him so <laughs> so I can't really do the impression um, but yeah that was not really the only one cause I, I don't really have a voice for impressions you know it's like my voice sounds like this all the time okay. yeah <laughs>
1: alright I mean, that's a good thing for your singing, though. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. yeah. Oh man, I'm so I was I was very tempted to try to do my John Mayer impersonation for a second there, but I think it's best that we just move on. We'll just well, move you, just on. Have uh, to,
2: you just have to be breathy because you can't do John Mayer now because John yeah. Mayer now. He ah, does, sh- sh- yeah, he has to. He, you know, he does the whole breathy thing. You know, no more three by five <laughs> to keep this love alive, and you know, it's like it's, yeah. his tongue is always out of his mouth, and it's just like, ugh, yep. dude, just. <laughs> and then he finally got a vocal coach. And they'd like tell him, like, hey, put that shit back in there. Let's <laughs> sing from the <laughs> tuck that shit in. Tuck, tuck that shit in, in, son. Oh, that's All funny. right. I think we got him to do it. Uh, here's,
1: here's one. I know we kind of tricked you into doing that impression. That was great. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from our guest from two weeks ago, Mr. Joey Pevin. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, Nintendo 64, episode 64, go back and listen to it. It was a fucking good one. But uh, his question was, Crocs off before or after sex? Oh, man. Uh. Mm. I mean, we're this is like the hard See, hitting depends, shit, right man.
2: Yeah, it, it honestly depends cuz if you're if you're say you're out in the garden, right? And it's like, all right, it's it's time to it's time to it's time to get down. <laughs> so you're out in the garden and you got but you got to go right back out and like start planting them bulbs, right? Uh-huh. Um, then you got to put it in the to turbo mode where you flip the little things on the back. But if you're just like, <laughs> you know, this if it's, if it's <laughs> But if you're, like, you know, getting after it, you just got to, like, you just got to take them off, man.
1: Holy shit, turbo David. mode, that's the best shit I've ever heard. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I'm yeah. crying right now. Oh, man, that is so good. So the answer is both.
2: Yeah, so both. It depends on what you're doing. If it's middle of the day and you're doing something, then, then yeah, you may want to keep them on. But if it's, like, you know, <laughs> it's it's the end of the day, you're having your glass of wine, you know, then, then, yeah, then take them joints off, you know.
1: You're wearing your wine Crocs. Hell yeah, dude oh dude all right awesome now uh last question uh what should we ask our guest next week
2: oh man um i mean you know i the the crocs question is so good um because if you can really tell he did
1: fucking nail that one yeah you can
2: tell a lot about a person from from if they even if they wear crocs um right so i used to work in like kitchens and stuff so I, i have a pair um you know, what? I didn't work in kitchens, and I have a pair. So, <laughs> you know what? How do you do you judge people on how they put on toilet paper? I think that's a good wait. One. How they put on what toilet paper? You know, like how they put the toilet paper on the roll. Oh, that's... I thought there was
0: only one way, but all right,
2: there. There's a couple ways. I mean, there's only two yeah. ways. Yeah, but there's it's two. like there's. Two but you know, for some people, it's like that one way. It's just like. Oh man! And would you keep dating that person? That's a good question. Right.
1: Game changer. Yeah. I've got to tell you guys something here. I am so fucking petty and pedantic. (laughs) I looked up the original the patent patent? application (laughs) for the toilet spec sheet, and or for for the toilet for the toilet paper dispenser, and the from the original patent, it has it over the top.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. That's how you got to do it.
2: I mean. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you what, though, people anytime like if for some reason someone just like has ever randomly put one back in my place, I feel like it's almost always the opposite way. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I think there's
0: more more people than we think actually put it on the other way. I, yeah, I, I
2: don't. But I guess I guess my question would be like for next week, for next the next person's like, what's the what's the most what's the most petty thing you've ever broken up with somebody for? Yeah, I like, oh, love that. Because yeah. it's I mean, cause it, there's me. some like there's some petty stuff out there. But, you know
1: that's good that's that a really is good. beautiful yeah. question that that's going in <clears throat> can't wait to ask that well all right i feel like we're starting to starting to get to know you a little better mm-hmm. so let's um let's bring it back man where did you uh where did you grow up when um were, you know are you are you from chicago originally i am yeah
2: yeah yeah uh, uh which part so I'm, I'm a Southsider. so Sox fan um oh dude you and me both i grew up in beverly oh sweet yeah uh actually, oddly enough, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, I'm doing a it'll come out on Monday. Oh dope. so I'm doing a concert at for this company called Get Local Beverly and they're doing it in that old church that was right next to uh, the J.J Fish. No shit really yeah, yeah that that church is like now theirs. Wow when is that when is that happening? That's uh, August thirteenth, so it's going to be a live, uh, a live stream. Wow, wow cool, that's man. super cool, mm-hmm. man!
1: We'll definitely make sure you can give us details and all that kind yeah, of shit. We'll on it. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll definitely promote that. put it out to the world because love, love supporting the South Side. Um, so, hey, man, when did you uh, when did you start? Uh, when did you start getting into the music shit down on the South Side?
2: Oh man, I think I was uh, thirteen because I, I started. Yeah, because I, I well, I started playing in uh, a band. Um, Like in band in in school, and it was because I'm very uh, embarrassed to say that it was because of Drumline. Um,
1: Hey man, whatever it takes. I mean, whether or not that movie uh, has held up, it you know it inspired you, so that's Mm -hmm. that's valuable to me. It does
2: hold. It does kind of hold up. Like some of it does hold up. Um, It's you know like there's certain movies that I watch now. I'm just like, oh my god, what was I watching? Yeah. But then there's other movies. (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is fine. Uh, But yeah, so I started playing drums, and I was really bad at it. (laughs) Atrociously bad at it. So then I kind of didn't do it for a while, and then... I'm getting text messages, I'm sorry. Um, All good. So I... Actually, let me put this on mute here. There we go. Way to be so fucking popular. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's about a recording thing I'm supposed to be doing tomorrow, so... Um, Uh, Nice. But... Uh, so I started playing started playing bass a little bit, and I wasn't really into that. And then started playing guitar, and then right around that time, I was also playing baseball and football. And, I, you know, it's like I love baseball. Um, not so much in love with football, but I'm not, like, into the whole yes-coach-no-coach no coach sort of thing. Um, yeah. So And playing guitar, no one in my family did, so there was nobody who could say that I was doing it wrong. Uh, and, mm. you know, it was just... It just felt like freedom. I was like, okay, I can, you know, nobody can really say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Or you need to, you know, it wasn't like math or science where it's just like, you're getting an A or you're getting an F in this. It's like, no, you just play guitar and that's what happens. So I got that's into right. I got into that very early, and then I got I got really good really quick because um, I would just sit with it all day, and then uh, started playing in blues clubs when I was wasn't supposed to and my parents would drive oh, me wow. to Kingston yeah. Mines and do the jam nights on Mondays uh, no shit yeah yeah or Sundays Kingston Mines was on Sundays Buddy Guys was on Mondays so that was wow. so they would drive me out to the to the, the, the um, venues and I'd go play well, do well, you remember
1: uh, do you remember what your first guitar was
2: yeah I actually still have it uh, It's a Squire uh, Bullet Squire, oh, yeah. and Midnight Blue
1: oh man dude i love that i mean we say this all the time and whenever i remember to ask somebody that that question like at least half the time it's that guitar like how Mm -hmm. many people must have started off how many great you know accomplished excellent musicians have started off on that on that on that guitar it's that's that's so amazing to me Oh, I love I love hearing that um so when when did you when did you did you get your did you start like forming your own band or anything at that point or were you, were you just kind of sticking with joining the jams and, and going to different blues clubs I was
2: really just doing the jams and then I, I had a band uh called the down and dirty blues band that I had for a while um that I had I had put together um and it was like two we were like you know the Almond Brothers we had like three guitar players and drummer bass oh, player two singers you know it was, cool. it was a huge huge band uh, and we stayed together for a little bit, and then uh, after that, I, it was it kind of split, and I had this band called New Highway Code, um, and that was sort of like a, a bastardization of, you know, Down and Dirty Blues Band. And I had a band called The Lucky Dutch that I just uh, ended probably about two years ago now that we haven't played together. Um, and then but in between was all that, that when you started sort of doing your own thing or no yeah 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 so i i mean this is my first solo effort um i love mm-hmm. when i love when you look at spotify and they say like it's a solo effort i love saying that <laughs> um, right. so but in between all that i had done a bunch of stuff alone um i you know i'd like i toured with with carl weathersby and and toured with Byler smith and um you know different people like that i i've You know, did a lot of blues stuff, got to go to different countries at a very young age. And, um, you know, I did the voice, uh, which was a a awful experience you um, did you i did? did not know yeah. this oh, interesting hey, yeah um i got well
1: i want to come back yeah. to that real fast but what were you what kind of guitar were you playing during all this stuff or do you are you like are you like a die in the wolf fender man or do you play whatever how do you how do you sort of think I about that i did a
2: bunch of stuff i mean I, for the for the longest time i was a fender guy like fender strats were my thing you know it's like i love stevie mm-hmm. Ray Vaughan, love john mayer love Jimi hendrix um you know like so i was like a fender strat guy uh, and then i had a I think it's my 16th birthday. Uh, my dad price matched me on a guitar, so he was like, "If you save as much money, save this much money for this guitar, I'll I'll help you out and buy a guitar." Yeah, you cool. So I bought a '62 reissue Strat. Um, nice. And it was uh, the three-tone sunburst, and then oh man, probably about I want to say four years ago that thing got stolen, and it was uh, that was, oh, my, that was man, like my fuck. my my guitar for a while. Um, Ouch! Actually it was six years ago now That it got stolen Um, Yeah six years ago Because we we came out with our last album And that was five years ago And I was playing the new Strat that I had And I never really found one that I was Never really found another Strat that was like that one That I really loved as much So now I have um, I've got Gibson's and I've got a Telecaster And I've got an SG I have a 60's No what is it I think it's a 64 reissue SG Cool, um, and I have uh, a, a custom shop Telecaster, uh, and those are my Ooh. two electrics. You know, yeah.
1: I want to ask. I want to ask you about the tele thing. So, for for those who don't know already, um, well, I guess we'll just. So, like, I'm a pretty tall guy. I'm like six three, and when you when I stand next to Nathan, I feel like a little dude. Like, <laughs> how tall? How tall are you, man? What? what how tall? I'm like, what's five. your height? Wow, yeah, so okay. he's he's got some inches on me, and 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 if you ever see him, he's probably got some fucking badass wicked boots on, so yeah. that like <laughs> you know adds a couple other inches on the heel too. But so I was thinking about this because I I you know as as a large fellow, I fought playing tellies forever because I always thought that they they were like too small they on me. Small. Have you ever have you ever felt like that with Blith playing Fenders?
2: Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, I, I look at pictures of myself and it's just like, why am I playing my belt buckle? Like, it, it, like, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's like. So, my favorite guitar is actually an ES330. That's what I want. Um, Yeah. And I actually have have it tattooed on my arm. I love it so much. Uh, But it's um, that's my, you know, like anytime I've ever played, like, and I've had Gretsch's, uh, I've had Gretsch guitars. And it's like anytime I play a Gretsch or I play a 330 or a 335, it's like I feel like, okay, this is the appropriate size of an instrument that needs to be Yeah, Yeah, make the right scale. Yeah, for sure. But then when I play a telecaster, it sounds so great, but then I look at pictures back and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I look like <laughs> I look like Mike Tyson when he was holding that dove. Like huge yeah. <laughs> <laughs> human being.
1: Dude, that's so funny! God, I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm relating to what you're saying right now. I mean, right before I left CME, the, my my sort of parting gift to myself, I bought an old 335, and that's all. It's all I want to play anymore. Honestly, right. like I was always kind of a Les Paul dude, but it's not only just the sound and feel, but it, I, it. You're right. It just like it feels like it's the right size for my body.
2: Yeah, yeah. As soon as I get to the well, point where I have enough, I have enough money where I don't feel like I have to mortgage a house, I'm gonna get a 330. So. That's my. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Look out, world. You got to get that, that, that hollow uh, P90 guitar. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, That's so good. And I got to say, oh, and, and, and speaking of CME, I, one of my things that I do miss is, you know, like at least once or twice a week seeing you and Cody just sort of saunter in and, and own the place walking across the street.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been going to CME uh, when it was owned by Scott Silver. I have uh-huh. been going to CME since it was, oh, man, what was it on Clark? It was Clark
0: in yep. Clark in school, I believe. Yep. Roscoe, maybe. Um, yeah.
2: Yep. I was 15 years old. I've been going to there since then. Wow. Yeah. I, I. I. What do you um? What do you? What do you do at Reverb? So I'm in CE. Customer engagement. Okay. Yeah.
1: So like, if someone is buying or selling something and they have got questions or whatever, you, they might be talking to you.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah usually. Is by that the time um, Are sneak, you guys- they're, kind of,
2: they're kind of upset about something, but. <laughs>
1: Oh. oh put out oh, a lot of fire. okay yeah. are you guys uh working remote right now
2: we are yeah um we're, we're i don't think we're opening for a little bit um but yeah we're all working remote
1: has it been have you noticed any sort of trends um in terms of like uh, customer complaints or the sorts of things that you're seeing is it higher volume like what have you seen during lockdown that was maybe a little different
2: just shipping times I mean, that, that's really because I mean, I know a lot of times, uh, you know, it's like the COVID-19 thing. Of, you know, of course, a lot of places are running on skeleton crews, you know, uh, yeah. especially if you live in like a, a smaller town. So it's not as quick as they like it. Um, you know, it's like because they compare us to Amazon a lot. So it's like, you know, but Amazon has their own fulfillment center and, you know, they they own I think they own the sky. I don't know um, they, like Amazon is scary to me. Like, I think Amazon's mm-hmm. gonna be the sky is actually going to be Skynet, and we're gonna yeah, be dying, down with Jeff man. Bezos in a couple of years. Yeah, that's um, a good bet. So, you know, it's they they do things very quickly, and then but if you're you know if you're going through regular shipping, it's you know it, it takes a little bit because people are it's not as many people working, and you know they have they have uh, you know shorter hours and things like that. So, you know to keep people safe. So that's pretty much the the only complaint that I've seen as a trend um lately
1: well you know hopefully we can get to get the the world to a place where you know you can be back in the office and i can come go, go go visit cme again and we can hang out and talk about i don't know offsets or some shit yeah um what, um, what kind of acoustics, because like the stuff that I've, I've seen from you and your music right now, <clears throat> it seems like it's definitely sort of in that sort of rootsy, soulful, kind of Americana vibe. And, and mm-hmm. I see you playing some acoustics. What, uh, what, what, could, what acoustics are you playing?
2: So I have a uh, Gibson LG 1. I have a Gibson, Gibson nice. LG 0. Um, I have a, I'm actually looking at my Recording King uh, RD 16 right now. Um,
1: I think that's the one I saw you playing in some videos Yeah, uh,
2: and then I have a rec- I just won uh, a songwriter contest With Recording King And they gave me a uh, triple, triple O
1: Whoa cool. triple o Dude, congratulations yeah. What was the what was the contest?
2: So it was um, You know, it's like you just had to record a song And you uh, put it up on Instagram and ha- With the hashtag KingsRansom And um and then it was you know they, they sent you a bunch of stuff if you won so it was like three winners uh the, fir- the the third runner up got a guitar and a case the second one got a guitar a case and i think the microphone and then with a cable and then the first winner up which first winner which is me first place um you got a guitar a case two cables uh the microphone and then the songwriter 60 um, amp like the their little acoustic amp Oh, okay that's yeah.
1: fucking badass man congratulations yeah, congrats. yeah. Huge. I,
2: you know what the weird thing about it is like i forgot i had entered it and then a friend of mine <laughs> hit me up on Instagram and was just like hey congratulations and i was like huh and i looked i was like oh shit For i won <laughs>
1: so. dude i gotta i gotta check that out yeah. um you know that actually reminded me. We didn't. We I kind of glossed over and wanted to come back. Uh, you. So speaking of competitions, you did the you did the voice, man. What yeah, what happened awesome there? What that. was that all about?
2: Oh, uh, okay. So I so my drummer um, in my previous band, he met the casting director in L.A. Uh, he was playing with Ezra Furman. And, oh yeah, I uh, okay. see. I have played with Ezra Furman before. So uh, he was playing with him and um, or them. I think it's that's a preferred. Right. Pronoun. Yep. Um yeah so he was like hey my the lead singer in my band uh the lucky dutch is really good you should check him out and so uh i get a i get an email from this casting director saying like hey i'm a casting director for the voice would you like to come and, and audition and do all this stuff and i was just like you know we'll we'll fast track you basically to the second round of auditions that we have in LA and i was like uh yeah nah." Um and so I turned them down because it's I like I, I you know to this day I have never seen an episode of The Voice not even my episode so I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, so they were like, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's you know, we'll think about it. You know, it like after I said no, they said, well, we'll think about it and we'll call you back. And I was like, okay. So then they they gave me a you know they sent me another email. And I said, no, I don't think this is something that's for me. Like, you know, I understand that, you know, you guys probably go for a lot of because my voice is is not a pop voice. I'm not a I'm not a pop singer. Like, I I don't do the runs. I'm not that type of person. And I also don't believe that music should be a competition, Um, you know, because most of our favorite musicians wouldn't have won the voice or American Idol or any of that stuff.
0: Oh, hands down. Um, Yeah.
2: You know, it's like I absolutely love Ben Harper, but I know Ben Harper wouldn't have won the voice. They, you know so or even gotten close so um you know so then i was just like no i i don't think this is for me like you know thank you for doing that she was like well okay give me your phone number like we'll call you back like just think about it we'll we'll give you a call i was like okay so then i got a phone call and it was you know the person who was doing the the casting and you know it was them and two other people and they were like we really want you to be on this like really want you to be a part of this like what if we fast track you to the third audition i was like okay well what does that entail like there was like well you know you have to come to la and blah 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 like you know it's like we'll pay for your flight and we'll pay for your hotel so i'm thinking like all right cool free flight free hotel cool i'll go yeah, i'll go to yeah, la free for vacation a couple days and hang sure so then i did the the audition and i got in um and then um, yeah and then they they kept us uh once we got in it all changed like they were you know like when we were doing doing the audition they were like oh my god you're so talented and we love you and blah 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 the first day of orientation getting into the the (laughs) getting into the actual process to get onto the blind auditions which is what you see uh, which is what most people watch for the voice like to see the the chair turns
0: yeah the chair spin around or whatever Uh, Yeah. yeah
2: man it was a completely different experience it was all of a sudden it was like when did I? When did I get in a full metal jacket? Like it was like everybody line up, <laughs> do this. Blah, blah. I was like, oh wow. shit! And then we were sequestered wow. in a hotel for a month, like a, almost like a month and a half. Um, Holy so, shit! Yeah, so we couldn't go anywhere. Uh, we were in this hotel, and that, uh, this hotel houses, since it's very like out of the way, it's in Burbank, but it houses all of these other. I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this, but it houses all of these other shows. So it was like. The people from The Bachelor were there and the people from America's oh, Got no. Talent were there and the pe- oh, my you God. know, And they had the <laughs> So, you know, I'm sitting there and you know we're all musicians, so you know, it's like my body is built by, you know, like Vans and Burritos. Um, so I yeah. remember walking out to the pool one time and there was all these people from The Bachelor there, I was like, mm, I'm gonna give this a minute. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not gonna take my shirt off in front of these people. <laughs> like this dude hasn't had a carb since 06. Um <laughs> So I felt hey, tell very, me, did
0: you did you did you at least get to have your guitar out there? Like, I mean, or were you just stuck in a hotel room with nothing? Oh no, to do you to could bring your TV? guitar.
2: Yeah, you could bring your guitar. You could bring uh, you could bring music. You could bring your guitar. Uh, okay, they, they let you have your phone for a little bit, and then after a certain point, they were just like, okay, no phones, no laptops. Um, you know, they they replaced wow. it with a um an an iPod Touch, but you could only text. Uh, the people, the production people, and like, you know, within, with, into rooms, like, you know, so if right. you had like friends of yours or whatever. Um, but that was about it. You couldn't drink, couldn't smoke. Uh, what? Yeah. And I was thinking like, I'm, grown, Hard pass. I'm a grown ass man, like I'm drinking. drink. Yeah,
0: I can have a beer in my hotel room, what
2: the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a lot, you know, the cool, the, the thing about it that I really felt the most surprised by is I thought I was going to run into a bunch of people who were reality TV show people. You know, her, right. you know, the people that come in who are like love drama or, you know, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. You know, it's like those yeah. people. And everybody I met was really cool. Like, you know, I, okay. I still talk to those people to this day, you know, and it, it, even, yeah. the, even the, the people who were underage, who were, you know, like seven, 16, 17, and their parents, I thought the parents were going to be like stage parents and awful people they're some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Like that it was, huh. it, it was so odd to see that side of it. And now I'm starting to look at other reality shows and be like, "Well, are these people actually cool? And they just like make you feel like they're dicks. Like, or it's <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So it's like, I've, I've really felt like all these people were amazing. So, um, that part was great. So
1: how far? I mean, what what sort of like <clears throat> how far in the process did you make it? I used to I used to watch the show, so yeah. I'm sort of I got to vaguely the, familiar I got with to the it. blind auditions,
2: and and I didn't get a chair turn, not one. Okay, uh, so okay. Um, that that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I it, mean, in in a certain way, yeah, in a certain way. You know what? It was really weird because I even when I was walking up there, I was like, I had because they let me play my guitar, and I did. Um, That's another thing. When you do the blind auditions, you don't get to pick your song; they pick it for you. Um, what oh yeah. fuck so I, you know it's like they and they picked uh nobody to blame uh by chris stapleton which love chris stapleton mm-hmm. wouldn't yeah. pick that song yeah. for myself um because mm-hmm. he you know chris stapleton has it, it's chris stapleton starts singing and you think like okay i know exactly who that is like there's no question yes. of who that is so distinct right um so i was like i was like okay well you know, I was like I think I might be able to do it. And then as I was getting up on stage, I like looked out into the crowd and I was thinking like, there's no way in hell I'm getting this. <laughs> and I just knew that it wasn't for me. It wasn't happening and I was ready to go home. Um, yeah, at that point. But yeah, I <laughs> I started singing and it's like halfway through the song, getting to the end of the song and I was just like, "Yeah, nobody's turning whatever." And then they all turned around and saw what I looked like. And they were just like, shit, we should have had you on the show. And- <laughs> oh, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> so then he's like, you know, and I and and, you know, right after that, um, I felt so bad because it's like here are four of, you know, one of them being from Chicago. It was, um, uh, who was it? Jennifer? Shoot, I can't remember her name. She was in um, was Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. And so she was like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "I'm from Chicago." And she was like, "Oh no!" And I was like, "Yeah, you kind of fucked up." <laughs> 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 uh, but it, you know, it's like, well,
1: wasn't she? Didn't she get her start on like a uh, American yeah, was, Idol or yeah, something? American like Idol, I, I think. think, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: she did. And uh, but you know, it was like, here are four of the biggest names in music, and they all just said I sucked, um, essentially. So it was like, you know, that, that, that does, you know, I don't care how much ego you think you do or don't have, it does hurt, you know, (laughs) so yeah, that hurts, you know, so you know, you walk off that stage and you just gotta, and then the, the weird thing about it is like, they filmed, um, the, that at home stuff, like, you know, they interview your parents and like interview you and blah, blah, blah. Right. They did that three weeks after I was off the show. Like, so they still came out and did the whole thing. And That's got to be weird. So they, I was like a featured person, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I, don't, you know, and I, so I still, I, I have not watched it. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't intend to watch it. I don't. Yeah, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't the most fun experience, and you know, did basically, it, did it get
0: you any? Uh- Sorry to interrupt. Did it get you any exposure? Like, I mean, when you somewhat. came back,
2: were people like we saw you on it? We liked you or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Um, you know, like I got a lot of Facebook messages and Instagram messages after that saying like Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't get in! Like, do they not have ears? Do did not have taste? Like, blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know, so it's like a lot of people have started following me and following my career because of that, um, mm-hmm. which was really nice. So that was that was good. Um, a couple people, you know, on on blogs and stuff were were very unkind. And we're just like, oh, he does suck, and you know all this stuff. So,
0: oh, whatever. Uh, you yeah, know,
2: yeah. so it's like I had to, I had to kind of like get to the point where I didn't read Reddit for a while. Uh, I didn't read Reddit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't read you know Facebook comments. I didn't read Instagram or, or YouTube comments or things like that. So I was just kind of like, you know, I was like, a uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta step away from that. And then I, I stepped away from music for a while. I didn't, I didn't play music for a long time after that. Uh, oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Directly because of the experience? Oh,
2: yeah. Well, it was that, and then I went on tour with a rapper, and, and that was a really bad, horrible experience. Um, and then after I got back from that, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with music for a while. needed a, needed a breather? Yeah.
1: Well, shit, man. Sorry to, like, make you relive such a, you know, ultimately... Oh, no, it's uh, funny now. negative experience for you. It's funny now. Yeah. Like,
2: you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it's like I'm just, you know, it's, it, it makes me laugh now. But it's, it's uh, you know, but at, at, in the moment, I was like, shit, like, what, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life?
1: Well, I mean, ultimately, it's an experience that you can't, like, you can't buy that. Right. Only certain people are even invited oh, yeah. to do it to begin with. So that that's yeah. pretty fucking cool in itself. I don't
2: regret any of it. Yeah, I don't regret any any of that.
1: Well, appreciate you being so open and, and uh, forthright about that sort of stuff, and uh, you know, there's. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to make sure that we definitely spend a little time talking about sort of what's going on in the world right now, and and sort of how you feel about it, and 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 the part that we all play in it. So um, <clears throat> I think the the one, the sort of first thing I want to get into, I read this article recently, and I'm, you may or may not have heard about all this, um, this uh, idea that Jeff Tweedy has about sort of providing uh, reparations via royalties. Uh, have you heard about any of this sort of
2: stuff? I have not. No.
1: so uh, i think it was like almost a month ago or so he made this big statement where basically it comes down to the fact that he's in the future five percent of all of his songwriting royalties are going to be uh donated to organizations committed to racial justice i think it was um, the black women's blueprint uh, blueprint and movement for black lives and he's what he's trying to do is create a coalition to get um you know ascap csac bmi the main publishing houses to sort of all commit to doing this in the future i mean um i think i i don't think it's too much to say that without without black people the music that we all love and we've been talking about this whole time would not exist oh yeah so he's trying he's trying to honor that and 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 sort of uh, provide some way to to sort of uh, make good on what has been a lot of really fucked up stuff that's happened in the past. Um, how do you, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to like, you haven't heard about this before, so I don't want to like sort of spring it on you, but I'm curious, like in general, what is that, how does, how does that sort of sit with you? Does that sound like something that you think is, is good or, or good enough or something you'd be, you'd be into? Oh yeah.
2: I mean, I'm actually reading the article right now. Um, I just, you know, checked it out and typed it in, but yeah, I, you know, yeah, yeah I, I think that would be a great way to do it. I mean, I think that Especially now, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talking about doing things, but not a lot of action. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm very much the guy who's like, all right, we had a meeting about it. Okay, cool. Next meeting is we did this, 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 and this thing. I don't want to hear about yep. the next thing that we that we're thinking about doing. Maybe could be, you know, whatever. You know, I don't necessarily like that. So I think that the you know, especially with with music and and entertainment, you know. All of this stuff, like you know, that you know, everything started with blues music, and you know, popular music right now started with blues. And yep. blues was built out of a struggle, and blues was built out of that struggle of we don't have a way to get our problems out, so we're just gonna sing about it. You know, we don't have a healthy way to talk. You know, because there was no therapist, there was no, you know, none of that stuff. It was just we're gonna sing about it, and that's how we're gonna make ourselves feel better right now. And that's where blues came out of. So I I like that a musician, especially somebody who is who has really not very talkative in the music industry. Um, Jeff Tweedy, it's like, you you know, it's like Jeff Tweedy, he's essentially gone until you hear about his new record and then he'll come out for a little bit and he's gone again. You know, (laughs) so that's a totally good point. That's that's very true. uh, I love that he's that he's saying that he wants to be. Uh, a part of it in this way and the fact that his that his his royalties are going towards reparations and things like that i i love that i think that's a great idea Cool, yeah Um, i agree man
1: i i I feel like it's probably not even good enough but it's at least it's it's somewhere i feel like most people could sort of agree to start yeah Yeah. it's
0: action for sure
1: and one of the things in and i don't know how far you got in that article or which one you're reading but the one that i read i think it was pitchfork maybe um there was a he there was an interview and, and one of the things he was talking about was how he's like you know frankly i'm i'm a white guy doing this like I don't know if this is the right way to do it but i want to take action and and i'm willing to hear you know if anyone else has any ideas of a better way to do this but this is just sort of a way of 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 putting things in action and and i can relate to that as someone who you know i've gone out to to protest and and i and i you know we've we've made it clear how fully in support of all things black lives matter we are here but it still almost kind of feels um i don't know a performative or something like uh, from your perspective as, as a black man, as a musician, like, what do you, what would you, I don't even know the right way to ask this. Like, what do you think is the best way for us as people who are, who are allies and want to be on uh, show our support and also move things forward? Like, what do you have any advice or anything that you would recommend that you think would be the best way for us to do that?
2: Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to like conversations like this, I, I think, you know, one of the things is listening is a huge part of it. Um, because i know a lot of people they they have a they're very passionate about this about this the uh, you know the problem that that problems that are going on right now and i know that they want to get mm-hmm. their their opinions out uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's like i think that if if you want to support and be an, an, an ally you know because i used to work for the human rights campaign so and that was the the campaign that that uh, just passed the bill that said that you can't Fire someone because of their sexual orientation, or you know, if they're gay, or right. LGBT right. right is right that now. the?
1: It's like the, the yellow equal sign logo. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I used to work for them. I'm I'm not a cool. gay person. I've never I've never, identified as LGBTQ. So I had to definitely, do a lot of listening. Um, mm-hmm. and I think like donating your time to something like that, or even donating money, because you know the thing about it is the fact of the matter is that we're a country that runs on money, and once the money stops, that's when change starts. That's what's happening with the Washington Redskins. When people said that they were going to boycott and they saw their actual ticket sales go down and they saw things like, you know, their, you know the fact that Nike started pulling, um, you know, their, you know, their logo from their, their, jer- their jerseys from their site and things like that. Then they're just like, oh, shit, hang on. What do we need to do? Like, well, how do we get back to, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the thing is like protesting is great. I, I think that protesting is a great thing. And, and it, you know, as you see, it worked with the Columbus statue. Um, exactly. But I think the real change, because it's like, honestly, I want the iconography taken down. I don't like the, the, you know, I don't like the Confederate flag. I don't like that we have statues to Robert E. Lee. I don't like that we have stuff like that. But the more mm-hmm. important thing is to, is to kind of tear down the racist ideologies that made that happen. So, one of the things that needs to happen is that, yeah, Black Lives Matter uh, and Stop the Violence and all those places, they need funds, they need money. Um, because if you're not, you know, and really think about one thing as an ally is like really think about where you're spending your money and vote with that, you know. So, if it's like if you right. see somebody. Who is not supporting Black Lives Matter or or vehemently against Black Lives Matter or whatever, you know, or you know, back the blue or whatever, you know? It's like stop spending your money there. You know, it's like uh, you know, I I really think that, you know, even with the stuff with with COVID nineteen and everything was like you know Amazon being like kind of an awful company, you know, and and not helping out their um, their employees. You know, it's like if you stop spending money there, that that gives them the message. You know, it's like the money part mm-hmm. of it is a huge. Huge factor in making change because once once those funds stop, that's when things start to actually change. And so, I think if we could get more people, people of color, white people, doesn't matter, to start shifting their their direction and their in their business mostly towards companies that um, support Black Lives Matter or who 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 have supported. Um, you know like black people in in their in their companies and hiring and fair hiring practices and things like that. I think if they start shifting their funds towards that, those companies will start to get it because it's like a protest for a company don't mean shit. They'll be like, "Oh, cool, you still right. buying our stuff? We don't, really, we don't really care. You're buying our walking shoes nope. to go to that to go to that protest. We don't give a damn." Right? Yeah, right. But if you start saying, "I'm not going to spend my money there. I'm not going to spend my money in New Balance. I'm going to spend my money over here." Then we'll start talking about it where, you know, then we'll start being like, oh, wait, we saw how much of a percent loss last year because of this. Maybe we should start making some changes. That's when it's going to get to the point where we figure it out. And I think allies, that's the best way to do it. Like, don't you know, it's like I don't really care if you put up a Facebook post. I I don't I I don't really care if you put up an Instagram post. I really don't care. It's more of what do you do behind the scenes? That's the I think that's the thing that's going to really help man
1: for sure that's 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 powerful shit right there thank you for that and i and and you saying that reminded me actually something that we've talked about uh you know over the past few weeks at least um and and something that i was pretty proud of as a i get well I guess this is I can announce I am now writing for Reverb, so I guess we're sort of uh, colleagues in that way. But um, I was really proud to see that Reverb was pulling all new full tone products and a lot of companies were, were pulling full tone shit because you know, Mike yeah. Fuller came out and said all this really shitty stuff and and, and, and now like the the world has kind of spoken and said like yeah, we're just not gonna buy your shit anymore. I should yeah. say the gear world has spoken.
2: Yeah. I mean stat. Mike Fuller Mike Fuller I, I've had a problem with him for a very long time. I mean he's he said it's always kind of been like a well kept secret that he's yeah, not the that, best yeah. person. You know, it's like he'll, you know, he'll say certain things like dog whistling sort of things. Um, and exactly. then finally it just kind of came to a head and he had to just like, blah, it just all came out in, in a, in a post. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you know, so I'm really happy that that is, that has become a thing. Like, you know, it's like one of the biggest pro uh, platforms in the world that sells items like as reverb, like sells musical instruments like reverb. Yep. Has pulled this stuff. Right. Guitar Center pulled full tone products. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, Sam Ash has pulled full tone products. You know, it's just like. You, you know who didn't,
1: though? Sweetwater.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I've which, heard. Um, which, which is weird to me because if you've ever been actually been to Sweetwater, that dude was a hippie. Yeah,
1: but they're also kind of Bible thumpers, so yeah, I, I tend to yeah. see those things unfortunately going together right now. I hate to generalize too much, but yeah. I would. Dave and I were just talking about this, and I was kind of searching around. I was like, huh, yep, there's Sweetwater still has all that stuff on there. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I didn't like buying stuff from Sweetwater honestly because they call you after a pack of strings. Like, dude, I just bought strings. Yeah, no.
1: You get those Jolly Ranchers we sent you. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then that's weird too. Like, don't send me candy. Like, ugh. I don't it's like. <laughs> don't tell me your, your company started in a van and now you send me candy. Like that's already suspect. Like you, just, it's, like, it's like that whole concept oh is God. already weird. Right,
1: Dude, that's so good. That's great. So I guess you know as we're sort of thinking about this and like what you've mentioned when you mentioned the people making the Facebook posts and the Instagram posts I guess like uh, whether or not you want to do that that's that's up to you I'm not going to pass the judgment there but I guess from what you're seeing and you're you're a person that's active on social media like Mm -hmm. what do you see that you see people getting wrong about what's going on right now that you want to just sort of like tell them hey this is this is that's that's not fucking it man like this is this is what's really going on is there do you see like a a certain thing that constantly jumps out to you about it oh yeah
2: yeah definitely I mean especially when it comes to like you know, when people talk about from what I've read of Black Lives Matter, it's like, OK, you'll, you'll read a slanted article uh, and it'll say, like, Black Lives Matter people, you know, hurt a bunch of police officers and stuff like that. I'm just like, OK. Yes, there are people out there who want to hurt police officers. And that's the thing. They think that they have this idea that when we say defund the police or, you know, like, you know, we don't like cops or whatever, it's or we, you know, it's like I, I. don't necessarily, personally speaking, as for myself, as Nathan Graham, I don't want cops to go away. I don't. I. I think that they're they're a, a necessary part of our life, and I think that they definitely. But I think also feel that they can be trained better, be trained longer. Uh, oh yeah, To in and, and you know tactics of de-escalating a situation. I don't feel like rookies should be put in the bad, the worst part of the neighborhoods. I think you should have somebody who is a veteran. I also believe that if you're a police officer, you should have lived in the place that you are going to patrol because you know those people. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's like, I don't feel like if you live in Wilmette, why are you coming to 79th and King and dealing with people you've never seen in your entire life? You didn't grow up with these people. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. You know, it's like, You know I feel that like there's certain things that we can Do to, to, to make To make it different and to make it better You know so When we say defund the police you know it's like I, I, have, I have family members Who are on the, the Chicago Police Department mm-hmm. And some yep, You know here. there's one of My friends was saying um, And one of my family members was saying like Some of the stuff that we're getting here is the stuff That we, we got in Afghanistan And he was like we're not in the same place it's not, This is not a war zone it's a city you know so it's like the fact that you have you know and i'm just you know just pulling these numbers out but you have, like say you have 20 million dollars going to the police as a, you know as a police fund or something like that
1: and then or it could be chicago where it's 2 fucking billion dollars exactly
2: so and then you have you know you you know when we talk about the, 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 the school to prison pipeline right and then you know certain schools you see they have a really low budget they have a really low budget for teachers they have really low standards for teachers and some of them honestly what they do is they go into teaching and you know and I've, and I've read this a couple times I'm not necessarily sure if it's it's exactly true but the things that I've read is that if you teach at a Chicago public school as you know as somebody who's just getting out of college for teaching after you if you there for five years you get your loan forgiven and then you can leave and go wherever you want so, it's like I feel like some of the teachers aren't necessarily there for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of them, I, th- I know a lot of teachers there, and they're, they're great people, and they're there for the right reasons. Um, and they really sure. care about their students.
1: But then they But you, it's like you're saying the cops thing. Like yeah. there are some well intentioned cops, but then there are some that are definitely not doing it for the right reasons. Exactly.
2: And I think that, especially with police, the, the problem that I have with, with police in, in a grand scale is that they're like a gang. And they kind of, you know, if they see somebody doing something wrong on the side here, they're afraid if they tell they're not going to get back up when they need it or they're going to get fired or, you know, something's sure. going to happen. And I don't think that, you know, it's like, that's not the attitude that police should be taking um, mm-hmm. at all. You know, and I think one of the, you know, the couple things that I think people get wrong with Black Lives Matter is what, and the, the thing that I see all the time is, um, well, if Black Lives Matter and then Black Lives Matter movement cares, why are there 65 people that got shot over the weekend and they're all right, black? Of course, and
1: blah- that's always that's always the first thing. I hate that, that you argument say.
2: because there there are organizations that have been put in place for that. Black Lives Matter is specifically for the treatment that the that the legal system, how they treat people of color and not only just people of color, but how the legal treats, how the legal system treats everyone because you know mm-hmm. there's been a there's been a couple times ta- a lot of instances where you know white people have been in situations where the cops were being harassing and were harassing them and not necessarily doing the the right thing on their job or you know like flipping up their their hoods you know to block their um to block their dash cams and things like that yep you mm-hmm. know and they and they fought for them too so it wasn't just people of color so the thing you know the thing the the huge argument that I always see that I hate is Well, if Black Lives Matter really cared about black people, why don't they do this? Well, we have Stop the Violence for that. We have the, you know, we have um, the Rainbow Coalition for that. We have so many things in place for that exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's like the whole black on black crime thing. It doesn't exist, you know, because like if you, you know, it's like there's, you know, if you go to certain places, if you go to, if you go to France right now, there's not French on French crime. It's just a dude, one dude killed another dude. That's it. But it's like right. we're held, we're held to a completely different standard and we have to say like oh we have to stop killing us before they'll they'll stop killing us no well I mean that that argument's sort of like you know it's like oh well if you don't want him to to if you don't want that guy to rape you, you have to stop wearing short skirts well, No yeah, that's <laughs> it's, like, it's like that you know if you're a police officer you took an oath to to uphold justice and you took an oath to uphold justice whether that be somebody who's wearing the same uniform as you or not and right. I, I think that's and i'll say that,
1: that that is there's is definitely one thing that i where i do sort of um i have i'm informed on the statistics in, in america the the yeah the the black and black crime thing is such a, a weird fallacy because it's all about the people that you're around so yes there are black people killing other black people but there are also white people killing other white people because of the proximity the people exactly. we just like because we kill each other and we've got these guns and we've got this that culture which is a whole other discussion that's just what happens. It's a, it's a matter of proximity. So that whole that whole argument is like the the one of the first dog whistles. So thank you for addressing that. I mean honestly, this whole thing it's like frankly it's it's super fucking uncomfortable. And and I don't feel awesome like even necessarily bringing it up in our like gear podcast. But I also hate the idea of thinking that. Like there's this, there's this major thing going on and we have an opportunity to have a, a real discussion about it and we didn't do it. So Agreed. Well honest, super thankful for you to being open to having that discussion with me and us right now and, and being open. And, and I honestly, I feel like I've learned some things even just in this, this sort of brief exchange we've been having about me too, it. Man. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, it's like when it, like I, when I said, you know, when the money stops, that's when real change happens. And I think that that's what we, what we have to all get kind of get together on. Yeah, man.
1: I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I like that because we got to a level of sort of profundity that I don't feel like we typically do. I feel even um, weird trying to bring it back to gear. So I feel like this is just <laughs> kind of like a great place to stop yeah. um, because, you I mean, we, you, we've we've learned a lot about you. You've you've definitely been very forthcoming and, and helpful in having this conversation. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate you, dude your music i haven't really gotten a chance to say it though but like i'm a big fan um, of your music i think fucking your stuff is great um i you know the the one thing that i actually real quick before we get out though i do want to ask so i noticed that like the only stuff that i was really able to find were these live performances which frankly you know i think it makes sense considering your style and talent but is that um the stuff that's out there right now that, that that are these live recordings is that like a a deliberate sort of Artistic choice you've made to only have these live performances out there or are you gonna are you working on a record? Like is there is there any sort of plan with that?
2: I am. Yeah, so I you know through all of this. I actually signed with a, a manager um, and The the plan is to actually uh, Shop the record because I've put out Four records alone um, Not not necessarily alone, but I was with a band and you know, it's like yeah, it, right. it, every time Every record, it got harder and harder to get seen. You know, it's like to cut through the static sort of thing. Um, sure. So I was like, with this last record, it was sort of... Suppo- I, I wrote these songs. Uh, I wrote 20, well, 30 songs to get 10. And then out of those 10, I narrowed it down to nine. So, uh, you know, I I was kind of in the mindset of like, all right, well, this is going to be the last thing I'm going to record because, you know, I'm kind of sick of this. But it was... Um, and then that was right. the stuff that people actually seemed to like. So it was like the two I think the two videos you're talking about is um like me walking to the warehouse or something like that. It was with, with hook audio.
1: Yeah, it was like uh, hook hook live yeah, session. Yeah, with, uh,
2: yeah
0: those were we cool, did. man. Yeah, the 3D yeah, so, audio thing was cool too.
2: So they um they reached out to me through Joe Wortel. So Joe Wortel was like, "Hey, there's this guy who's really dope. Um you know, he just he's coming out with some new songs and I just saw him play at the Red Room." You should reach out to him too to do this. So, so that I got I got this call to do it, and uh, so yeah, kind of it was it was kind of a strategic thing because I wanted to see how people like the songs. Because uh, a lot of times I would just like write songs and then we put them on the album and then I would just put it out and see what happened. But then it, mm-hmm. it, you know when I, once I put out the two videos and I saw how much traction it was getting and how people were like, oh my god, like where can I find the rest of this album? I had never gotten that reaction before, so it was sort of. Oh shit! Here we go. Like, you know,
1: it's time. I Give him a I taste. Yeah, and
2: then yeah. And that's to right. sound superficial or, or shallow or anything. But it was it was nice. And then when I when I the the same day that I recorded those two videos, I actually played uh, the Belmont Sheffield Music Festival. Right after cool. that, cool. So I played that, and then. As I started playing, I noticed that there was a lot more women at the front of the stage. So I was like, oh, I think I got something. Hey. <laughs> so, Something's working. <laughs> because honestly, you know, it's like as, as much as we talk about how black people started music and everything, women make, mu- that make the music world actually work. Uh, dudes don't buy <laughs> records the way that women do. They don't. Yep. Uh, you know, wo- you know, women buy merch, uh, and they're they're super supportive, and they they'll definitely tell their friends about it. And you know, it's like guys are cool; they'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's a cool band, whatever." But it's like, uh-huh. you know, they'll, my band's better though. My cool, band's yeah. better though. Like it's like, dude, oh, what is he doing? Pentatonic scale? Pff, he's not even doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even doing Mixolydian. Um, what a jump <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Uh, so yeah it's like once I figured that out I was like alright well maybe I'll start doing that and then I started getting a lot more people reaching out and even this guy that uh, that reached out and signed me uh, you know a friend of a friend of his saw me at Planet Honky Tonk and was just like hey well why don't you go check this dude out and then I get this DM um, and like anything in my life I'm always skeptical I'm like okay who are you and I looked up yeah. where he actually worked and I was like oh shit okay <laughs> it's like Hey, what do you need? Do you need everything? I'll give you everything. What do you What do you want from me? Yep, I got you. Uh, so yeah, he's he's been working with me. So the the idea is to shop the record around and actually get some label help behind it and um, and put out something cool. And we're actually going to be putting out a couple songs very soon because he said that uh, you know one of the things that we should do is like put something out right now ahead of that. So I'm gonna be, right. um, buzz going to be right recording some stuff soon. Yeah, to get back into it
1: dude i cannot fucking wait to hear that please yeah, as soon as it's available in the world let us know so we can hear it and oh, yeah, share it with our with our friends far and wide um yeah. man nathan that was honestly that was it was an honor to have you on such thank a great you. fucking conversation yeah, i really appreciate it thank you for doing it mm. um where should we send our listeners to go check you out on the interwebs uh
2: nathan graham music on instagram on facebook uh uh that's my inner that's my website name uh, go check out the videos on Hook Audio as well. Uh, th- those are really cool. But yeah, uh, check all those yeah. out. And then, um, I, and you know, I I always put up anytime that I release something or anything like that, or I have a show. Uh, August thirteenth, I'm playing for Get Local Beverly. So follow them to see when you know once that comes out. I think it goes live at eight o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, cool. So yeah, that's uh, eight p.m. Central Standard Time. So I'll be doing that. And then uh, I'm also doing I have a tentative date for the foxhole, which is like a um, uh, interview sort of like this, but I get to play as well. So that's that's really cool. But yeah, anything well, that, I, that I do, I, I'm doing it. I, I'm putting it on my Facebook page and putting it on my Instagram, uh, let people know exactly what I'm doing and look out for new music.
1: Beautiful. beautiful everyone yeah. go follow nathan go listen to his shit it's awesome and and let i would just like to close here um i'm i'm just going to extend this offer you don't have to answer right now but i've i've been thinking about this idea of trying to start a band where i'm the shortest person in it <laughs> so uh if you ever if you ever want to join the band i've already extended the offer t- uh, to Kadian from twin peaks okay uh if you, i i you know name's not set in stone thinking about calling it tall boys you know we can, <laughs> we, that. can dip, we can work that up wow. but um you know just that that is a standing offer if you ever want to Join. everybody
2: in my current band is over six four so <laughs>
1: wow what really yeah, yeah. holy shit yeah. I, I i i it's so weird i like i i feel like i'm i must be like at a at a, an nba game or something if i if there's like that many people that are taller than me i'm just not ever i'm not used to it it's Dude, a really weird scenario like, for me so now i kind of want to go see your band play well, one of
2: my collaborators uh mike mimoni he's not only tall but he's a, a oh, bodybuilder. oh i know mike
1: very well uh, oh man, yeah, Mike is Mike is a beast. So just, and I've been
2: like watching. So he's he's been doing this thing where he's been cutting. So he just been drinking water and protein. So I saw him, oh, a picture God. of Dude, him he's on ripped right now. and I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. He's
1: <laughs> a fucking monster, he's got man. So I much miss definition. Mike. Hey, he's gotta, we got to get him back to Chicago. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He moved out to Nashville and and made me sad. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining, everyone. Go check out Nathan and, uh, you know, love you guys. Thank you, man. Thank you for
2: having me on here.